What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. Way back in 2005, two brothers set off on a road trip that would save the world and change television. David and Sean Cassidy. No, not the Cassidys. That's a waste. No, it's Sam and Dean Winchester. For 15 seasons and 327 episodes, Supernatural took audiences on a wild ride of family, fate, and faith with a rocking soundtrack and a seriously cool car. But that was then, Bobbo, and this is now. And yes, the show has quote-unquote ended, but we're not quite done with the journey. No, we're not. And that's why we're watching it all over again, or for Rob and me, for the first time, diving deep into every episode of Supernatural with the fine folks who made it. And we're taking you along for the ride. Whether you like it or not. I'm Rob Benedict. I played Chuck Shirley, a.k.a. God. Uh, spoiler! Yeah, it is a bit of a spoiler, but hey, spoilers are fair game here. Ah, uh, fine. And I'm Richard Spate Jr., and I played the Trickster, also known as the Archangel Gabriel, and I did a little bit of Loki work in there. Okay, you know we're running out of time. Okay, well, we'll be talking about the entire series, so whatever we say, accept it. You've been warned. So buckle up and settle in. Because this, my friend, is Supernatural, then and now. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Rob Benedict. And my name, my name is Richard Spate Jr. Yes, it is. And we are talking about season one, episode 16. Shadow. The brothers head for the big city, Chicago. The Windy City. That's right. Okay. <laughs> the hyperventilating city. <laughs> to investigate some violent deaths, Sam and Dean rule out wild animals or werewolves when they notice some of the blood splatter seems to be in the form of a symbol. Hey, Sammy. Blood splatters in the form of a symbol. Couldn't be a couldn't be a fox. <laughs> fox don't do that. That evening, the boys are at a bar where the last victim worked. Discuss- yeah, sure. <laughs> Having a drink. They drink a lot. Yeah. Uh, and discussing the clues that they've collected when Sam sees Meg Masters. Meg Masters? Who we remember from a couple episodes ago. Yeah. She's the girl that he met at the bus stop on his way to California to meet Dad after he left Dean to deal with the scarecrow. Right, exactly. They, they kind of bonded, those two. And they bonded. They had a real bond. Now, what Sam didn't know... But Sam didn't know that there was something else happening. Yeah, something because, you know, he left her to go on her merry way. He right. went back and joined Dean. But uh, she actually had, you know, killed a truck driver and bled him out and right. talked to some and creepy talked guy. To some creepy guy. Now, she was talking, she filled a goblet of blood yeah. and talked to somebody. Now, in her defense, this, this episode predates cell phones. Right. So a lot of times you had to use a people goblet of blood. People often call people through goblets of blood. Yeah. Um, it's suspicious. Nothing is by Sammy. Nope. So the brothers soon discover that Meg is behind the murders in Chicago and believe that she has set up a trap to lure them there. Um, How, however, mm-hmm. it isn't a trap for them. Oh. It's a trap for dad. Oh, dude. Meg unleashes Deva. Shadow spirits on them. Wait, what's a shadow spirit? Deva. And she releases them. On them. Oh. The boys prevail and, with the help of their father, escape. However, the reunion is short-lived. They realize that they are safer apart and must let Dad go. Damn it. Meg. She's even worse than you thought. And she's not dead yet. Oh, my gosh. Hey, speaking of uh, scary, creepy things, how, like, watching Jared Padalecki be peeping in on a woman changing clothes, that was just creepy. That was creepy. I'm glad yeah. they had they called him out on it. Yeah, they needed to. The lady stopped by the car, knocks on the window, says, you creep. Yeah, it made me kind of think, maybe that wasn't scripted. Maybe it was just Jared Padalecki being weird. Could have been. Yeah. I also enjoyed when they, they're, they're climbing up the elevator shaft. Oh, yeah, it's scary. But he's like hanging on, doing like a sort of a pull up, <laughs> listening to her. It's where he kind of pulls himself up with one arm, kind of. He's like <laughs> there for 45 minutes, <laughs> like frozen, holding uh-huh. himself on some old wrought iron silently. Silently. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, before I knew that it was a trap, I was like, man, Meg has bad hearing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she doesn't at all. And even when they come back and they like sneak by her. So what do you, what do you think? 
I like this episode. Yeah. I thought it was cool. I think anytime the boys get that, first of all, there's this great scene where, where Dean kind of confesses that really he's not only trying to get Sam back to find dad, but also he wants the family unit back. Yeah. Like, like he looks at family as being the three of them on the road doing this thing. And Sam has to say, look, I love you. You're my brother. We'll always be family, but I ain't doing that. That's not what right. I signed up for. And watching sort of Dean's vulnerability in that moment was cool. Yeah, man. I mean, look, I think Nick, Nikki Acox is a great actress. She's so good. And Nikki's she, so good. Yeah, and she brings that sort of sexy evil. And he's like, go to hell. Baby, I'm already there. Uh, great line great. yeah great delivery um and then the dad the dad's back and he'd say, back. saying more than he's ever said before i know and to have him and sam have a, a reconciliation i thought that was sweet yeah because the last time they'd seen each other had been a big fight it was a big fight sam we had a big fight it's good to see you yeah man uh i just thought that they were great and 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 boy that jeffrey dean morgan he's such a movie star yeah he kind of reminds me uh, he's like an american version of Javier Bardem. Yes. He's like an American Javier Bardem. Is that, am I right? Yeah. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. Rich, one. Benedict, uh, zero. Okay. Well, I didn't know we could keep it score, but. Yeah. So it's oozing with mythology, this episode. Just oozing with it. It's so much mythology that I got up for the TV and realized I, I had tracked mythology all over the house. <laughs> My wife's nice white carpet. I mean, episodes like this are exciting for me because it really is dealing with the like sort of overall arc of where we're headed. But, you know, just getting into the brass tacks of this review, I thought the monsters themselves were super cool. Obviously, Meg's a monster, right? So mm. she's kind of the big bad. But the shadow monsters themselves were super scary because yeah. out of nowhere they come and they just beat the tar out of these dudes. You see the like the rip through Jared's face. I, look, look, I'm just saying this just from a, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no doctor, but that on a normal person, that's a scar. Oh man. Those are going to last. That's, he's never, there's no way he grows his beautiful face back. No, no, no. You're, no, that's you're, a, that's you're a, toasted. That's a four huge, he needs stitches. Yeah. Even, even with good, with the best of doctors, including plastic surgeons, you're still going to have scars there. No, you're going to have scars there. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen episode 17 yet, but I'm going to bank that there's nothing there. What that tells me, does it say Hollywood is cheating? No, it says Sam has access to the best medical care yeah, yeah. ever. Like, I need I need his guy's number. And that Sam and Dean have perfect skin. Right. And it makes me think that maybe they could, you know, maybe that guy could fix our hairlines. <laughs> <laughs> if he can sew up that face, surely, yeah. surely he can bring this down a couple centimeters, right? Yeah. Um, but there was so much going on. Now, so I have a question for you, though, yeah. because I don't totally understand everything. Because I don't, I know that Meg comes back, I think, in a couple of incarnations, maybe. Okay. Later in the show. Yeah. You're telling me that she's not real. What? I didn't say that. You're saying that she's a monster. Uh, well, I mean, she's obviously got some sort of pact with Satan or whatever, because she flew out the window, landed on concrete, and True. then she's up walking okay. around. Right, so, right. Like, so it's not just that she's possessed. You're saying that maybe she's even, she's a demon. Of or something. there's something going on. Yeah, she's made some sort of deal okay. with somebody that she can, like, do those things, look like she's dead, and then still march around. And the thing that she was creating from the bowl of blood and all the things on the on the altar. Oh, Yeah. That was just the, the shadow monsters. Or was no, she, was she, I think she's, she, she's talking to some demon. She's talking she, to somebody else. Who's like demon. her boss. Yeah, and the demon had roped in the shadow monsters to help out with his task right. of destroying all the Winchesters. Okay. And she was the conduit. Got it. And even when she flew out the window, that was just to sucker them into thinking it was over. You know, the that whole thing. It's all part of the bit, man. Okay. All part of the bit. Well, I... I just love that she starts to get down with Sam. I, I love that they've uh, they get sexy time together. Oh yeah, little sex. Uh, by the way, it, speaking of sexy time, how about all three of those guys in the same room at the same time Man, having that conversation? That was great. The first time we've seen the Winchester family together in a scene. Yeah, it was uh, cool. Yeah, and I couldn't help but think like, oh man, these guys in real life. I so I know I know them fifteen years out of the fact. They've got a real bond. Yeah, they have matching tattoos. The three of them. That yeah, they, they got at Jeff's wedding. I do. And I'm I'm looking at the scene. I'm like, this is where the the beginning of that was really formed you know right. they really do have a father-son relationship those three they do you know it's funny too because he's playing their dad and i don't think he's old enough to be their dad you know i i feel like it's like the angela lansbury factor yeah when she's playing you know in in uh the manchurian candidate she was like 38 to sinatra's 36 you know some crazy like you know so i don't think jeffrey dean morgan i think he was like 35 oh really and they're you know 24 20. yeah and a quick apology to the uh 85 of the audience which is lost with the uh manchurian if they, candidate hey, if, they, if they haven't seen manchurian candidate pause this podcast go watch the manchurian candidate and come back to this podcast right, well, maybe- give me a beat 
Did you enjoy the movie? I bet you did. Thank you for doing that and coming back. Uh, I wonder who will actually do that. Hey, hey kudos to the 1% that just did that. Um, okay, I'm going to my notes now. A um, couple things. And now here's the segment that everybody sleeps through. Rob's notes. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Okay, early on, she, I think she leaves a message on... Somebody leaves a message on an answering machine. There's an answering machine. That helps a ton. All Thank I you, everybody. answering machine. That's not a note. That's cryptic. Answering machine. We don't have those anymore. Also, the PF on their costume that they're when they're dressed as like the gas station attendants or the, the, the gas people or the electric company or whatever. The alarm company. I wonder what PF stood for. I wonder if there was a, is there, if there was like a... I think it's PF alarm company. No, I feel like it's it's the PF stood for something like someone in the crew or something. No. Um, did you notice that they said somebody... Peter might- Frampton. They, they they said somebody Michael Murray. Did Chad you, Michael Murray. Did you notice that part? Yeah. And they're referring to like Hollywood, right? Right. But I don't know who Chad, I know Chad Michael Murray is an actor. He but was I, on One Tree Hill. Ah. Uh, you know who else was in One Tree Hill? Rob Benedict. Daniil Ackles. Oh. Um, so I don't know what the relation there is, but uh, but they obviously knew Chad Michael Murray. Dude, one sort of slip of a driveway going to a different phone call and the trees blowing in the wind and Jensen, Jensen could be married to Chad, Chad Michael, Michael Murray. Murray. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and also Jared leaves the window down in his car in the middle of the rain. Smart. Ladies and gentlemen, this was Rob's Notes. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, oh, I can do my, I can, here's my theme song. Ready? Rob's Notes. Yeah, you're, ah, what I miss. Oh, that's, that's, the, that's the whole theme song? <laughs> yeah. Great. That's really fun. Um, okay. So this episode, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a full beard. This is Shadows? Yeah. Full yeah. beard. Yes, Richard. This is Shadow, the, the episode we've been talking about for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Full beard. Full beard. I'm going to give a Brad Creaser full beard. Okay. Speaking of Brad Creaser, our interview today. That was that was foreshadowing. It was foreshadowing, yeah. Because yeah. Shadow is the title, and, and Brad Creaser is our guest, was foreshadowing. I see what you didn't do there. Yeah. Um, all right, the main camera operator of Supernatural for 14 and a half seasons. He even served as DP on 10 episodes. Yep. Credits include Smallville, Wrong Turn 2, Masters of Horror. Wrong Turn 2! <laughs> After all that discussion of oh, Wrong Turn with the, with the Benders. Ladies and gentlemen, our good friend and colleague, Brad Creaser. We're just going to dive right into this so that all the magic is captured on tape. You sure there's going to be magic? (laughs) Well, all this crap is going to be captured on tape. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen. We have such a treat. It is unbelievable. I can't believe we got him. He's the hardest to catch man in show business and not someone we know well. In fact, this is our first time meeting him. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, a camera operator, not a camera operator, but a, a camera, camera operator, operator and, a, and sometime DP for Supernatural. For 14 and a half seasons. 14 and a half seasons. Ladies and gentlemen, Brad, Brad Creaser. Creaser. There he is. Hello, gentlemen. Such Hello, a pleasure. Brad. Thanks for having me. This is you, fantastic. You have to know that every episode, our, our producer says, who do you want to have on as a guest star? We go, well, Brad. And and seriously, and and he was like, no, Brad hadn't started working yet. And we're like, right, as soon as Brad starts working, we want Brad. We want Brad. Yeah. So was was this your first episode? Was was um, episode sixteen? Your no, first? it was uh, the Benders, which I believe was fourteen, but maybe they were shooting out of sync. But I uh, they had done two days before Christmas in season one, and I joined them just after for the final six days of the Benders. Okay. And then I think Shadow was next. If I so who, yeah, who, it was. Who did you replace? Uh, a gentleman, a good friend of mine named Jim Wallace. He was. Was the A-camera operator for the first 13, and when they got the pickup, he had already committed to teaching cinematography at Capilano University in Vancouver. Ah. So I had my pals, uh, Matt Titchener, who was the A-camera focus puller, and Dave Riappel, uh, Dolly Grip extraordinaire, call me in October and say, hey, listen, Jim's leaving. You should come do this show. And I'm like, okay, what is it? And I ended up doing an audition day on Scarecrow. I went in to replace James for a day Oh. and met Serge, and luckily, Kim Manners was directing Scarecrow, and Kim and I had worked together. Uh, I did seasons four and five of X-Files. I was a second unit operator on X-Files, and that's where I met Kim. And so it was like old home week, you know, seeing him again. And I guess I passed the audition. I had coffee with Serge over Christmas, and they're like, would you like to join us uh, for... (laughs) Uh, this season, I'm like, <laughs> we? It's great, Serge. It's great, Serge. It's a spot on, Serge. Now, I know that your wife is fluent in French, and so is your daughter. You must be fluent in French. Why don't you give us some of your French, Brad? We'd love to hear it. Uh, un petit peu. Yeah. Don't and put scene. me on the spot like that. I'm, I'm, I'm from Alberta. I learned a little French in school, but I didn't do so well. But so yes. now you, you um, we, uh, serious question, were you nervous for your audition day? Was that nerve-wracking? 
Absolutely. Uh, coming into a new show, I mean, luckily I did know some of the crew, people that had, I had worked with in the past, but it's always intimidating. A uh, new DP I had never met. I was just coming off Masters of Horror with two of my favorite cinematographers, Attila Zelay and John Joffin, and we were just finishing around Halloween and Scarecrow came up. And yeah, but it was it's intimidating. And um, I only met Jensen that first day. Jared wasn't in. And I was actually pretty impressed with how camera savvy Jensen was. He, he knew the camera. He was like, hey, this guy kind of knows what's going on. For a young guy, it was impressive because a hmm. lot of young actors are like just clueless, you know, yeah. in terms of camera sense of what we're doing on our side of it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, this is cool. Now, when you came in to audition, did the B camera become A and you came in as B or did you come in as A that day? I came in as the A operator. I guess Jim had a day off or they, they told him to stay home for a day. I can't remember actually the circumstance. <laughs> or maybe he was standing just behind the scenes in a you, fake mustache watching do you. Do you work. remember what on Scarecrow you shot? Uh, we were at the Burnaby Village Museum, which was a little kind of amusement park, old sort of vintagey town, which you actually shot at in uh, season 15 on uh, one of Bob's last episodes, where we did a pie eating contest. But this, they have a carousel, like a vintage carousel there, and there was a bunch of shops. So it was like a little street scene, and I was in some store with Jensen, and I, I guess it was supposed to be part of the town they were at in Scarecrow. But I remember yeah. the, I remember the sequence, because it's very shaky and out of focus. I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this. No, no, it wouldn't, have been, it wouldn't have been out of focus. That's Matt. Don't, don't oh, you, but you, I think as you were kicking him, then. <laughs> I was like this, but... But no, it was it was really cool. We had a good day, and then I, I heard a few weeks later I got a message from Serge, and we met, and they invited me to join, and it was great. And it was nice because um, Jim Wallace and I, the previous operator, he and I worked together years ago. He was the B camera focus puller when I was A camera doing Time Cop, the John John Claude Van Damme wow movie back in ninety two. So what did you got to tell everybody? Because you've told me the story. What did John Claude Van Damme call you on that movie? He had just released Hard Target, which was the movie before Time Cop. And he was really nervous about focus. So after every take, he would poke at me and go, hey, focus guy. Okay, for you, hey, focus guy. And, <laughs> and, and then Peter Himes, who was the director, DP, producer, writer of Time Cop, gave Van Damme heck for like, you don't know anybody's names. Like these people are out here busting their butts for you and you, you can't even know their name. It was like, hey, script lady. Hey, focus guy. <laughs> and focus so he, guy. He walks on set one day and he's all sheepish. He goes, I don't know anyone name. Uh, what's my name? And I go, action guy. So oh. either he's going to kick me in the face or he's going to laugh. And luckily he laughed. So That's yeah. funny. That's but good. that became, now that's my company name, Focus Guy. Yeah, so is that what you guys Focus call guy. Brad that on set? But that's that's his company name, for real. Focus, oh, really? Focus Guy. Oh, Focus, that's good. Focus Guy, which I now just go by FGI. FGI. Ah, now that great. I'm a big time DP. Yeah, yeah. Just hold that thought. We're coming right back. You can sense it calling out to you. New reality seeks you. Join the journey to save Anomaly. Place where sound is magic. The only way to enter the world is by looking inward. Along the way... You'll learn potions, chants, and enchantments that will help you both in that reality and yours. So, answer the call and let your campaign begin. Featuring the voices of Ruth Connell from Supernatural and Dead Boy Detectives. There are ordeals ahead, yet with guidance you will face them head on without fear. Todd Stashwick from Star Trek Picard and 12 Monkeys. When the time arrives, wherever your journey takes you, be there with no attachments. And R&B singer N.C. Gray. There are worlds, realms, dimensions, and realities beyond yours. Anomaly is a role-playing meditation podcast that takes you into a world of magic and fantasy. You'll be invited to imagine yourself in scenarios such as learning to cast a tranquility spell or exploring a land vanquished by a dragon, but all connected by a shared mythology. The goal of guided fantasy role-playing meditations are to help you cultivate a sense of wonder, curiosity, balance, and joy in your inner world. Role-playing meditation is a form of escapism and relaxation, as well as a creative outlet for the imagination. 
The first campaign is an introduction to the world of Anomaly, its lands, magic, and secrets. In the eight chapters, you'll stretch your imagination, learn to center yourself, offer forgiveness, find confidence, relieve stress, and stop racing thoughts. Your true self will emerge, allowing you to manage your goals and dreams without confusion, distrust, or self-doubt. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Or visit SeekAnomaly.com to learn more. Anomaly spelled with an I-E, not a Y. Seek Anomaly. Hear its magic. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. And now back to the episode. Hey, so who was the B camera operator when you started? Uh, it was... Not Rosie, right? No, uh, Tim Moynihan. Oh, Tim. Yeah. All right. Who and came Tim, back to... Tim yeah, was Tim. there till season seven, and then he left, and that's when uh, Rosie joined us. Mm, right. Okay, so today we're talking about Shadow. Do you have uh, specific memories of that, of shooting that? I mean, I, I appreciate actually the shots of the shadows on the wall with the long claws. And what was, was that all in post or was that any of that I, practical? I was trying to, I mean, I've looked at it twice now and as recently as last night. And uh, I was blown away on how great it looked and the shadow play mm-hmm. that Sarah's created. We shot a lot of it down in uh, Gastown, which is the, you know, the older part of the city. Mm. And some of those back alleys where you get all these cool um, yeah. shadows he threw from the power lines and all the crazy stuff in, in, yeah. the, in the lanes down there. And I can't recall, I think some of the creature stuff was visual effects, the bigger shadows on the walls, but I think we did have people you know, walking, going like doing this, some so. of the shadow work. But uh, it was, like I said, I think it was maybe my second full episode with it. So I'm still feeling out some of the crew. And again, luckily though, Kim That'll Manners. That'll get you fired these days. <laughs> Kim Manners <laughs> at the Very helm. Funny. So um, Kim, Kim was great. Kim was probably the best director I've ever worked with and probably will never work with someone quite that good again. He had a way about his shot visualization that he would give me a setup and I'd literally sit there going, Kim, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And he'd go, you'll work it out. And he'd walk off and leave me. And I was just daunted. Like, how are we going to, you know, he came up with these crazy designs and these shots that would always get used. He would He would do a shot up to a certain point and then cut. I'm like, well, what? We got to come around and we'll get that. He goes, no, 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 no. They'd be expecting that. <laughs> then he would, wow. he would, he would bridge his shots, and then it would make sense. And and working with him was was just such a treat. And uh, Shadow was was a very cool episode. Um, it's the first time I met met Nikki Acox. That yeah was our first Meg. Yeah, and because I wasn't there for her introduction in one of the earlier episodes. Um, yeah, but it, it was just a great experience. Um, I remember there's one sequence I was watching last night when dad shows up and the boys are at, uh, I guess they're in a hotel room. Then the, the demon shows up and starts throwing them around the room and Sam lights a flare and blows out the room to, to yeah. send the, the demons away. So we were all handheld and it was crazy action and it was a, it was a small set they had built on stage. And I remember because it was handheld and it's like there's smoke and they had this bright light in the middle of the room to do the, the whiteout basically. I'm handheld coming backwards with, with, uh, Jeffrey Dean and, and Jensen, because they're all beat up and wounded. And I remember leading them and I had to back into a closet. Dave's grabbing me into a very narrow space, hand to the doors, they open the door and then I've come out and get in front of them and come coming back into the hallway. And it was just one of those crazy Kim Manor shots that just keeps going. It's like, oh, so we're going to cut when they get to the car. No, 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 no. We're going to do this. <laughs> they would be expecting that. <laughs> that was that was one of his favorite lines. He's like, no, they'd be expecting that. No, it, it was, um, but that was, that was a crazy sequence. And then- uh, yeah. Um, I, I have a funny story about it was actually the last shot when the boys and dad part ways in the lane in the back alley there, which again was Sarah's just cool, coolest lighting. But we had just come back from lunch. We had um, went out for lunch because we were downtown and when we we're out of the studio and we get a chance to go away and, <laughs> and have a meal at a restaurant, which was a real treat. Wow. We come back and, and we do this shot where we're low on the Impala as it backs out. And as it backs out of the thing, and then we dolly across the lane. We didn't lay track because the car had to go over. So we just did it on the dolly, and it wasn't too rough, surprisingly. But we did this wicked move, and it's a real body contortion for me. And then we go, and we chase the car, and we come up, and that's when Nikki comes up into her car. Yeah, it's a great shot. I remember that shot. Yes. (laughs) We had just stuffed our faces with calzones. 
and my stomach, and I had to bend and contort. I was like so uncomfortable going, oh, I shouldn't have had that calzo. <laughs> I should have known better that Kim would come up with something that would make me just go, ah. But it was, it was fun. No, it, was, it was great. That's hilarious. I'll never watch that shot the same. I know. You should, you, <laughs> going think forward, of, you had think to go like, just like, hey, we're taking a lunch break. Uh, what's the first shot up after lunch? I need to know yeah, before I order. Should have, should have found out. But so, that, do you think? Do you think that working with Kim and this is a, a very leading and obvious question? I think, but made you better. Made you better working with Kim Manners. Absolutely. I don't think I would have been as good an operator as I would like to think that I am if it had not been for him. For for wow. just. The challenge of, of just really challenging yourself because he came up with some. I, I've I've never done crazier shots than I have with Tim Manners. Like you know, low angle prisms and and you know having to use video goggles because you just can't you know execute the shot any other way. And of course, in the first three seasons when we were still shooting thirty five mil film, pretty much I was a traditionalist, and a lot of guys were in those days. Is that you have your eye to the eyepiece on a film camera because. If you take your eye away from the camera on a film camera, you can fog the film. Any light going in the eyepiece can end up hitting the image in the camera. So if you're not doing it, if you're going to try and operate off a monitor, which is now more commonplace with uh, digital, not so much back then with that. So you're contorting with the camera. You're down low. You're up high. You're, you're twisting and turning. I called it Fisher Yoga because the dollies are Fisher dollies. So I'd call it Fisher Yoga. And Kim would just make us make us work for it. Wow. Yeah. When you say video goggles, what what are video goggles? I forget. One of the operators had a pair that I borrowed for a shot because I had no other way I knew how to do it, that you could plug in to the video tap on the camera and you could see an image in goggles here. So it was a monitor But you still sort of see it's like a built-in like this. Uh-huh. And then I could still operate the camera, but it's very disorienting because you're you're not. I like being with the camera. And now you're back a bit. And you're just holding the pan handle and holding on for dear life. Yeah. Because Kim would do that with us with these these shots. He would go through set just skimming the floor mm-hmm. from these wide lenses and then coming up over a bed. And and that was one of his other episodes, I think. Um, but yeah, it was. Challenge. His episodes always seem to have a lot of action. Like he's not, a, he d- doesn't shy away from action. He really, I feel like I get to see, like, I, I felt, honestly, I felt like that when I, we see Jared sort of climbing up that, whatever that is, an elevator shaft. Or the elevator shaft, yeah. And that felt unique. Like we really hadn't seen Sam do something that physical yet, really like that. It felt very, you know, yeah, and it certainly, stunt heavy. Certainly this was a very unique use of light. Mm-hmm. In that regard, and and you mentioned fake, you know the visual effect, but there were some practical shadows in there for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, because definitely. there's that shot where you guys kind of come around the horn with Jared, and as Jared sort of passes by this one area, a, his giant shadow is thrown against the wall. Like it's just it's clearly part of the lighting scheme of Serge and the battle plan of of Kim, yeah. and it looks so cool. Yeah, and no, you know, it, was... it looks as cool as the the fake ones. It's almost like it was great that they did that because then when the monsters come in, you've bought into the idea that giant shadows are being cast already. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, no, I, I was again like looking back at it again, it's been so many years since I had seen that episode and how much it holds up, like how how scary and, and visually interesting it is. And it's like the, the first season there's some really great episodes and for such an early start like any first year series always has its its bumps and, and knocks trying to get going and find itself and find its uh its identification no question you know that early on in the series these guys had it figured out yeah and i was just happy to be part of it it was who knew it would turn into 15 who knew? years that we'd yeah. still be talking about it this many years later exactly. there's one part of that of that episode that i like that kind of made me chuckle which was the first scene it's the gal just kind of walking down the street alleyway headphones on you know what i mean and, and before the first attack and what i was like what i laughed about is this girl is playing a you know blase 20 something hipster walking down the street suddenly it's it's freaking gale force winds <laughs> <laughs> blowing what looks like a newspaper factory <laughs> overturned and, the, and like it's just debris and wind and she's like doop to doop you know la da da whatever yeah gale force winds on another night in chicago <laughs> or wherever the hell they are and, yeah, uh, yeah, it just made me laugh. The the we always laugh at the Vancouver weather. Like it seems to be raining even more this season than it did in later seasons. I don't know if you like got shot around the weather later, but it's raining <laughs> all the time. We we I think maybe in fifteen years we maybe stopped once for weather. It, wow. it never it like keep shooting, keep shooting, evacuate the production office, but we're still out shooting. You know, wow. I know when you stopped for weather because it was my episode in season two out at the university when the wind was so bad that it started lifting sheets of plywood off a pile and That's flinging it. them. That's oh, my it. 
that was your was that your first first episode trickster yeah. was it really yeah yep with um uh ding ding brad may Bradford May. Yes. Bradford May. Or, or Ding Ding, as they call him in the business. <laughs> Ding Ding, my champion, was the, his nickname. Really? Yeah. yeah. And he would go to Sarah's, okay, Sergi Loney, what are we going to do? Uh, <laughs> Ding Ding. <laughs> well, I never do that. Um, yeah. So we have we have pre pre made questions for you. We have questions for you. Almost seems silly to ask, but, but no, uh, written by a professional. And we're by just professional. A, we're just the people delivering. The um, so you're often right in the director's faces. Probably the most physically close to the person, not in front of the camera. What's that seat like? It's it's the best seat in the house. I yeah. mean, as the operator, you're there and you're so close to the actors that you know you really feel part of it and you really see the performance and and. Um, you know, there's the, the, uh, saying that goes with the society of camera of operating cameramen, the SOC is, um, their slogan is we see it first. And it's true. I mean, you're mm-hmm. there, you know, you're the breath of the actor is practically on you. So even more intimate than the directors that even don't sit at the village, even sit beside the camera, which, you know, there's few and far between now, but it's, it's a great job. It's the best job on set as the operator and a lot of actors. And especially with, with Jaron Jensen, there really became a trust and a lot of the cast, they would, you know, at the end of a take, I would come off the eyepiece and I'd look up and they'd look at me and they'd be like, you know, is that okay? Yeah. To have that, to, to say, yeah, it's great, and and they trust me. That was amazing. It was yeah. It was oh, as a recurring one of, one of the, yeah, as a recurring actor, like the, you know, your your face was you know. Especially, oh, I'm sorry, were you on the show? Who did you play? Oh wow, wow, tough sorry, sorry. Yeah, you know what? No, I should be nice to Rob. I want to be nice to Rob. I've He's seen mean to me. I've seen Spate too much in the last <laughs> yeah. couple of years, so it's That's like true. I, I miss you, Rob. I miss you <laughs> too, Brad. Okay, I'm sorry, I digress. And then, <laughs> um, when did you guys see each other? Was I not invited to? When Every time I go to Vancouver. I see him. Oh, you used to get to see Brad when yeah. you're out there working. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I was just going to say your your face was one of the ones that, uh, you know, made me feel comfortable in the fact that you were a constant as well. Really, all the people were talking about, you and Dave and Tishner when he worked there. You mentioned trust. And and I think that's a really yeah. key word to use in your relationship with actors. And in, in any A camera operator's journey, but also certainly yours, which is unique to all television, and that you ended up partnering with two lead actors. A third, if you... Bring in Misha, maybe fourth with Shepard. But for the most part, you're talking about two guys who are helming a show and you being almost the third consistent character. The guy who's always there for every scene, for every shot, for every moment. You don't switch camera operators for fights. You guys do that too. And so how did you find the arc of trust built with those guys? Because you didn't show up for episode one. Here you are coming into the middle of season one. How quickly or not quickly did you find the trust develop between you and Jared and Jensen? You know, I, I felt it's, you know, quite early on. And, you know, I think it's, it's it's partially my job is to try and make actors feel comfortable. Like I've always tried when we had a new guest star walk on the show, I'd always introduce myself and say, hi, I'm, I'm Brad, the uh, a camera operator and welcome to Supernatural. Like, and I think it's, it's important to make people feel comfortable in front of the camera because a lot of actors, you know, so many day players come in and they're thrown in and it's you're you're getting thrown into a machine that's like a freight train that's just running and you've got to uh keep up but um with the boys i think it became quite apparent quite early because jared already started abusing me (laughs) pretty early on i think gosh i can't even remember it was another kim episode in season one where he grabbed me jared grabbed me from the side and gave me a great big beer bear hug and he cracked my ribs (laughs) 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 so he was just like a big untrained puppy dog yeah, that uh, didn't know his own strength. But I felt I felt a connection with Jensen almost in my first day on Scarecrow. There was just something I was like totally impressed by him, and then later Jared as well of just their. I mean, they both were TV veterans. They had already done projects before. You know, Jensen had a bunch of series mostly in Vancouver, and Jared had had experience as well. So I think them having some technical savvy to what's going on behind the camera really made a big difference for us, you know, for me. Right. And I think they saw that I wasn't, you know, a chimp and that they could trust, you know, if I'm laughing, then they know they did the gag right. Or if, you know, I wait, I come off the eyepiece and I'm, you know, a gentle tear is flowing mm-hmm. then they know yeah. they've, but yeah. they were, they were um, very receptive and, and very open to me early on, which I'm grateful for. And it, and it forged, you know, a, a bond with us and, and, you know, we'll be, we'll be friends for life. I would like yeah. to think. And the same with you guys. I mean, I yeah. felt we had these great connections with these amazing actors and we had such a great group of people on that show. 
Mm-hmm. That this family, yeah, like, I mean, it's just an extended family that just keeps on keeps on going, and even you know a couple of years out after it's over, it's still very much alive. Absolutely. Now, what's your process like? Do you read the scripts? You read the scripts, right? You sort of absolutely. Yeah, I I didn't when I was a focus bore because it was more fun to watch what was happening and try and figure it out. But as an operator, yeah, you want to know. Want to you know have to know what's going, going on. So when the director yeah. says, "Well." Later in the scene, when this happens, you're like, oh, yes, you know, you have to know, you have to know. Sure. You have to. Right. How far in advance do you get to look at the material? Um, we would get drafts, you know, maybe an episode ahead of time. Oh, that's pretty and good. Then, and then, you know, I would wait until usually the day before we start shooting to finally read it, because by then any revisions that are going to happen, at least up until day one, are out. And then they could continue once we've started the episode, but at least I've got the most recent framework in front of me before we we start the the episode yeah you're moving on to dping a lot you dp'd supernatural when sayers would stand down which which was a fair amount you guys didn't rotate dps like a lot of shows do now but when sayers would for whatever reason direct an episode or otherwise be not not in that capacity you would step into that job you then now have elevated to that job since leaving supernatural will you miss operating yes yeah yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, it really is the best job on set because you you're physically involved with the camera. You're right up there with the actors. There's something very exciting about being in the middle of it all. And for me, I loved. I always got to be the monster, especially on Supernatural. Like my favorite, yeah, right. my, my favorite story was another Kim Manners episode. Uh, we were, I was a werewolf chasing the hooker, and. Um, <laughs> Sounds if that's terrible. not the title of your saying, autobiography, saying, the werewolf. I was the werewolf chasing the lady of the night, shall we say? Right. And we had this. Nope. We were, we're cutting out that part. We're keeping. The, I was the werewolf chasing the hooker, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Brad Kreiser's last day in the business. That's that's no. that could be of my of my epitaph. Um, but we're had a video camera for some reason. We weren't using a film camera because they were going to do a distorted POV. And it was it was winter, so it was cold, but it wasn't slippery out. But we were running on uneven pavement, and I'm in my big, stupid boots. I didn't change. And I'm chasing after this girl, and she's in a short skirt, and she's screaming, and I'm coming up behind her, and I just lose it. I would just go ass over tea kettle. Can I say ass? Yeah. Ass over tea kettle and land on my back. Save the camera, come down, and you can just hear on the video of the camera, you can hear me go, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kim starts yelling, what are you doing, Creaser? Get up. Like, but um, I hope the, they made, I hope that made the blooper reel for that year. Maybe. I think it might have been. I think it might have been season three. But um, I can't wait till the, the hooker, Werewolf and the Hooker <laughs> episode. The, the spinoff. But, um, but no, like getting as the operator, and especially on a, a series like this, like I, I did, you know, I got to be the monster or, you know, you'd be like mm-hmm. following somebody or you're the handheld POV mm-hmm. lurking behind the trees and they look. And I mean, there's, you're part of the show. You're physically part of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember making you do that. You had to chase Anna Grace Barlow, the actress's name. It was when we did that sort of what, the camping. It was a werewolf thing. And you were a werewolf and you were chasing her through the That's thing. Right. And I, there was no monitor because we're out in the boonies and it was just you running. And we set up this row of trees and he, in action. And she takes it off and Brad chases her. And he comes back. I'm like, did you get good stuff? And he goes, I have no f***ing idea. <laughs> <laughs> You're just sprinting for all your sprinting. Work. I'm getting branches in my face and messed my hair. And yeah, no, it's, uh, what uh, season it's, is that? Like 14? Yeah, I think yeah. it was 14. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, so that was that was. That's fun. what it devolved into. So, yeah. so, and, and follow sort of follow up question to the DP thing because you're going to miss it. But obviously, there's an attraction to being the DP, right? So, there's a creative. What draws you to being the DP? If that's the best seat in the house, what draws you to wanting to be the the DP? I guess it's it's, it's certainly it's more. Well, I mean, I find operating is creative, but as a cinematographer, um, now you're more responsible for the look, like the lighting and and working with the director to choreograph how you're going to capture a scene and just just the pure. Cinematography is is something that I enjoy. I really enjoy uh, 
the lighting aspect of being a DP. It's is I find it really rewarding, and and you can get creative, and you come up with new ideas, and and but it's also a collaboration. You you've got a great group of people around you. You have a you know your your gaffer who is the chief lighting technician. You have your key grip, and they're all there to help make you um, make the scene look good. And they'll come up with suggestions, and I'm never going to not turn down a suggestion. You know of what's the best way to approach? Because sometimes you'll block a scene. It's like well, got to think about where are we going to bring the light? Where's the key going to be? And then the toughest thing is lighting continuity in a scene that if the sun is here or your key light is on this side when you turn around you've got to keep it consistent and that's i think the challenge but it's also it's just it's i find it extremely rewarding and uh, i'm looking forward to my next chapter because i'm doing something that's totally different from anything i've done before but i'm going to be out in the big vistas of alberta shooting beautiful uh widescreen vista shots and a lot of outdoor cinematography as opposed what, to being what's that for uh, i am going to alberta to do season two of a series called joe pickett for paramount awesome um, yeah. They, yeah so i, I leave uh, mid-may and i'll be there for four months doing two blocks of their 10 episode season this year and i'm really looking forward to it it's a, a great show I, i've watched their first season and some great performances and it's very real it's it's a departure it's no longer <laughs> i have a a long history of dark you know, evil <laughs> demons mm. and yeah. X-Files kind of stuff. So it's it's going to be refreshing to do something more, a little different. Yeah, great. Well, and I know it's uh, – Rob, you might know these guys. They're uh, John Eric and Drew Dowdle, who are the Dowdle brothers who make in this series. And um, I will say that they made a wise choice, my friend. They are lucky to have you on their show. Well, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. It's, Absolutely. Uh, and we hope that you'll come back and talk to us more. Yeah, because we're lucky to have you on our show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, hope I would, you come I would back love and... to. It's like okay. I, I wish I could have more stories, but it's, uh, it's a little foggy under the bridge there. For, hey, I know. It is season, for everybody. But Season one was a long time ago. It's uh, Yeah. But it's great. It's And it's so fun to, to look back at it and, and see how great these episodes are. They really are. are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really, and you know, like you said, even like the shadow of of Jared being cast in the wall, like that's a that's a specific choice. Yeah, that lasts, that makes it more than just another episode of TV that you're like, yeah, whatever. And I feel like season one gets written off as a well, that was, was when we were just monster of the week. But like, nah. we're watching it. I'm watching it for the first time, and I'm going, this is great. Every episode is a little movie. All no, holds up. Yeah, they were they were like a, a weekly horror film, and um, of course, I think you guys heard the story um, on one of your previous podcasts that I listened to. I've listened to some of them. Oh, oh thank you. Wow. But about um, Cyrus, our producer, wanting to bring in some specialty <laughs> players for the shadows. Monkeys. Didn't he want monkeys? Wanted to train some monkeys to do the shadow play on the oh walls. I'm like, okay, that's, uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> if I had been in that production meeting, I would have been. Uh, oh there, there I forgot a, about that. Oh, that's crazy. And there was another time on another episode we were shooting out at Bordertown, which is a western village uh, east of the city. And uh, it was winter and there had been some flooding and there was no way we were going to get the unit in there. But Cyrus thought a good idea is we just helicopter the whole crew in and the trucks. We were just going to skylift <laughs> everything over the flooded road. That sounds simple. That well, sounds yeah, I, I, I safe. Think, I think what prob- could go wrong? I probably mean, easier than training the monkeys to do the shadow play. <laughs> That's hilarious. I wonder if they're going to train the monkeys to fly the helicopters to airlift you guys in. Uh, God love him. He was. Uh, he, he meant well. He was. Uh, he was a good man. And, uh, uh, That's was, funny. These are the stories we come for. This is the yeah. content we love. Exactly. <laughs> Brad, you got to come back and do this again with us, man. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, it's Rob. So check this out. I'm very pleased to announce that we have a new super sponsor. That's right. Marvel Strike Force. So Marvel, the one and only Marvel, has a mobile game. And it's a comic book fan's dream. Marvel Strike Force is it's a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. So, okay, so your goal is to power up your favorite characters and you complete missions and then you unlock fun stuff like gear and other resources and then you beat other players in a PvP, player versus player mode, such as Alliance War or Real Time Arena. So as we, as I record this, they're enjoying their six year anniversary. So you know what that means, free stuff. 
free stuff just for signing up via the unique link in the description. So the anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. And if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. So make sure you log in every day, each week. You take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strife Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code for every new user, so please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. All right. Thanks once again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Thanks for listening. Now, back to the episode. There's nobody I love more than Brad Creaser. He's the best. And I, you know, I had other, th- other things to ask him. I just thought, well, this will wait till the next time he comes on. Dude, totally. Honestly, I think his job is fascinating. I think mm-hmm. he's incredibly good at his mm-hmm. job and he's incredibly well spoken about what he does. Yeah. We got to have him back. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I love that he's the he's on the front lines of this show. You know, he really knows better than anybody what's going on. Because you're back at you, you big fat cats back at the <laughs> monitors. You don't really see what's going on. In just the doing coke lines. and uh, ordering cocktails. Exactly. No, you know what? You I said I, it. I think Brad was the first friend I made on that set. Yeah, same. And then Robin props being the number two. Yes. Like I or, or maybe simultaneous, but like they it's obviously Jared and Jensen are there and working, but you're really close to the camera operator, yeah. close to the, the, the prop masters and everybody yeah. who's like working to make the sh- the show work. And and they're all so cool and kind on that show mm-hmm. that friendships are born. Yeah, absolutely. I love that man. Um okay, let's get into the mythology of this show. Mythology. Mythology, mythology. Um Dean determines that the symbol written in blood is a Zoroastrian symbol. Why uh, wouldn't? Uh, yeah, he does figure that out. I don't know, like. Well, a Zoroastrian, let me tell you, is one of the world's oldest monotheistic, meaning worshiping a single god, religions, which scholars believed influenced the religions of Abraham, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. It originated in ancient Persia. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Deva. They happen to be ancient demons referenced in Zoroastrian texts. Mm, okay. They are divinities mm-hmm. to be rejected. Mm-hmm. So immediately you fire them. Right. But Which is weird because you have to hire them right. in order to fire them. That's but, where they get you. Well, they were created to counter creation. And they exist to only make chaos and disorder. That seems dumb. Whoever created them to counter creation is a rabble rouser. Well, you've never been a, met a counter creation creator. Fun facts. Fun facts. I'm laughing already. Fun facts. This is the first time Sam and Dean have seen Dad since he disappeared. Oh, no wonder it's such a good scene. It's a great scene. And uh, I want to say another thing about Dad is I noticed that he drove an old truck. Now, I'm not sure what it was. Truck. But it was a specific choice because Kripke, he makes choices about automobiles. And, you know, the boys, obviously, baby is, you know, such an iconic car. I, right. I, I didn't see what it was, but it's some kind of oldie pickup truck. But I didn't see what it was. So Meg mentions to Sam meeting something Michael Murray in a bar. Chad Michael Murray and Jared Padalecki appeared together in Gilmore Girls and House of Wax. The two are known to be friends. We didn't talk about the, the, him working with Daniel Ackles. No. Didn't. Maybe that was just a coincidence. Huh. But uh, so I was right. My instincts were right. You're right. Some and you might know what? say I was foreshadowing. Ooh, good one. And you know what? If something had happened, uh-huh. somebody had turned left instead of right, uh-huh. somebody looked up instead of down, Jared Padalecki might have ended up marrying Chad Michael, Michael Murray. Murray. Uh-huh. Um, and if something, if <laughs> if, if Chad Michael Murray had starred in There's Something About Mary, it might have been called this something about something Michael Murray. Because <laughs> right here it says something Michael Murray. You're right. Um, anyway, the last episode to air Tuesday nights on the WB, this episode, it was then switched to Thursday nights. 
It would be on the CW starting for season two. So it was the WB. This is the last, by the way, it's last 14 years. It was the last holdout. It was the only show on TV that originated on the WB. That's right. It lasted longer than any other WB show. And then then it became the CW, but it didn't matter. It was a, it was a founding father from the WB network. Yeah. And it's funny now this is sort of a blip on the little radar here, but that must've been a big deal at the time. Like, oh, we're switched to Thursday nights from Tuesday. I don't know what that means, but. I don't either. I I think Thursday nights consider a bigger night. Bigger night. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. At least back in the day. Well, this was fun, Rich. Um, I like this episode. Lots, lots in it. Lots of fun all stars. Great episode of TV. Yeah, Nikki Aycox is great. She I- is. Obviously, having uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and the boys together in that scene was awesome. JDM, and then having uh, Brad Kreese here as our guest. I mean, classic. Unbelievable. It's- this is one for the archives. It certainly is. So re-listen right now. Okay, I will. Bye. Bye, everybody. This episode stars Jared Padalecki as Sam Winchester and Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester. Guest stars include Nikki Acox as Meg Masters, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as John Winchester. Shadow was written by Eric Kripke, directed by Kim Manners. Music by Christopher Lennertz, edited by Anthony Pinker. Executive produced by Eric Kripke and Robert Singer. Shadow originally aired February 28, 2006. This episode of Supernatural Then and Now was hosted and executive produced by Richard Spade Jr. and Rob Benedict. Produced by Stephen Hine. Written by Stephen Hine and Hayda Holscher. Uh, edited and associate produced by Trey Boudet. What's up, Boudet? Music provided by Tim Wynn. The episode was recorded with the help of Sonic Fuel Studios and Fartoon Studios. This podcast is from Story Mill Media. For news on this and other podcasts, do yourself a favor. Follow Story Mill Media on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, I'm now recording. This is uh, the, uh, yeah, this is episode 16. Mag, Mag unleashes Deva. How is that pronounced? Deva? Deva? Deva. Deva? Okay. All right. Meg unleashes Deva. I was nervous. I don't do this. You know, it's not my thing. You're great. You can't say that now. There's now a you good do this. reason I'm behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> With that hair, you belong right where you are. <laughs> Brad Creaser, everybody. Thanks so much, Brad. Brad Creaser. The L word, dark angle. And, of course, Supernatural. I think it's Dark Angel, but... Well, this is Dark Angle. <laughs> do, what I, do I go back? What do I do? No! That's magic! If we, if we cut that out, I quit. Dark Angle. Ladies oh, and gentlemen, <laughs> our good friend... <laughs> oh, jeez. Deva are ancient demons referenced in Zorro... Damn it, I got it right the first time. Well, did you? I hope there's not a counter-creation events making uh, cons to destroy our cons. Anyway, <laughs> that joke doesn't work. Uh, oh, yeah, right. This episode of Supernatural stars Jared Padalecki and Sam Winchester as Jensen Ackles. Nope. God, that was funny, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dark Angle. Story Mill Media. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.